Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Today, I want to talk to you briefly about BetterHelp. I am happy to announce that BetterHelp is a sponsor of this podcast. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional counselor. Listen, this is not a crisis line, nor is it self-help, but it is professional counseling done securely online from the comfort of your own home. This service is available for clients worldwide, and you can even express your desire for a Christian therapist. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor and receive timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great matches, and they make it super easy to change counselors if needed. It is very affordable, and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living your life happier today. So feel free to visit BetterHelp.com to read testimonials. That's better. H-E-L-P, and join the over 500,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. I have great news for you. Because you are a listener of this podcast, Empower to Empower You, you get 10% off your first month. That's right. You get 10% off your first month, but you have to visit the link at HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash better help. H-E-L-P dot com slash be Wendy. I'll make sure to put this in the show notes. Okay, let's get to the show. Hello there. Hello there, everyone. This is be Wendy Bob, your lovely host of the Empower to Empower You podcast. I'm so, so, so excited that you decided to tap into uh, this episode, this podcast. I understand that you could be listening to anyone else right now, but you decided to join me and I appreciate you so much. Um, good morning, good evening, good night to every, for everyone, wherever you're listening. Empower to Empower Your Podcast is about all things Jesus Christ, mental health, anything to help you be the best version of yourself. I am so thankful. I hope that you got a chance to listen to episode 83, which was about overcoming self, uh, self-sabotage. Today, I have an amazing guest for you um, uh, uh, here on the show, and we are uh, going to be talking about the church and trauma. I need y'all to get ready, okay, because this is about to be a wonderful conversation. So today I have Miss Con- Mrs. Conscious Core is the founder. She's the founder of Flamingo Trauma Recovery, a New York-based nonprofit organization that offers faith-infused mental health education and therapy access to women of color. She is the author of Heartsick, Connecting the Dots Between Hope, Disappointment, and Healing, and has helped women all over the nation find and recover within safe and small healing communities. Conscious was born in Louisiana and graduated from Louisiana State University with a Bachelor of Arts in Psychology and later graduated with a Master's in Teaching. She is a minister and teacher of deliverance and the gospel, a writer, a wife, and a mother. Y'all, I want you to, you know, give it up and just, just, just get your heart, your mind, your, your spirit ready as I welcome Conscious Core to this episode today. Hey, Conscious. Hi, B. Wendy. I'm so excited <laughs> to be here. Thank you so much for the introduction. Yes, it's so good to, 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 to have you here for sure. I want to take a step back of how did we find each other? Let's start there. How did we find each other? Um, you know, I think at the time it was, it's, this is actually a good story at the time. Um, I was looking for someone to, um, service a client who was a part of the program. Mm-hmm. Um, and at, so I will talk more about the program later. I know, but at the end of the program, we look for therapists who can, uh, become the service provider of someone who may have gone through our, um, education program. And um, at the time, you were not accepting clients, mm-hmm. but I asked you if I could keep in touch with anything else that we were doing with the organization. Um, and that included being an educator, and we've talked about that. So, um, yeah, it's like a development story. It's still Absolutely. being touched. It's still developing. And I, I got so interested in what you do on the story that I 
kind of continue to just keep in touch with you and just said, hey, I would love to have you as a guest on the podcast. So you live in New York, right? What part of New York? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Harlem right now. Harlem New York. for about, I think it's been about five years. I didn't, I didn't think I was going to be here for this long, but yeah. Oh, <laughs> I've never been to Harlem. I've been to Brooklyn, but it's so, it's good to have you here all the way from Harlem for sure. So tell us more about how, about you. I know I read your bio and, and to, to our audience, but tell us more about you, the work that you do, how you serve, um, and also your work with Flamingo Recovery. Yeah, sure. So um, I think that my story, of course, starts being born in Louisiana, but after I graduated from LSU, Louisiana State, um, I lived in Atlanta for a year, and when I was in Atlanta, I actually met my husband, and um, we met on Twitter, so I think that that is something that... Very unique. I've never (laughs) heard in my life on Twitter. Yes, we met on Twitter. (laughs) And it's so cool to meet people on Twitter, um, especially those that you date, because you get to see how their mind works, you know, yeah. what they think about, because t- Twitter has become a pretty wild place now. But back then, I, I had um, a community of people who were like-minded, and my husband was a part of that community wow. on Twitter. Uh-huh. Um, and so when we got married, um, leading up to when we got married and after the Lord started to show me uh, or introduce the ministry of deliverance to me, which my husband had already been familiar with. I didn't know this at the time. And so um, through the course of marriage, I mean, we had to learn what marriage was, but we also just learned a lot about deliverance together, did a lot of deliverance ministry. Yeah, still do deliverance ministry together. Mm-hmm. And um that's kind of the beginning of what we now know as Flamingo Trauma Recovery and um, even Heart Sick, the book. Um, yeah. because as we, when we, when we moved into Harlem, um, we got, in, got connected to a community that was just hungry, mm. hungry to not live um, by faith in theory or not live being free in theory but they wanted to be free indeed yeah yeah and so word spread across um harlem parts other parts of new york city um upstate new york and then with COVID, it uh branched out even further we were doing more virtual sessions going as far as um countries in africa and um different places so that has just been a journey in and of itself. I mean, marriage is, of course, uh, a different journey. So those two journeys together, have, it's been nice and interesting. <laughs> uh, but it all led me to explore my own trauma and my own need for deliverance, as well as um, the people who we served and how even after deliverance ministry, there was still work that needed to be done. And people needed help to know what the, what is this work supposed to look like? Because I'm trying to have faith is really what, what a lot of the Christians we encountered struggled with, trying to have faith. Have faith. Mm. Faith being free indeed, but, but what happens when you don't feel free indeed? Yeah. What does that mean? And, you know, where does that put you as a believer? Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much how Flamingo Trauma Recovery came to be. We were in deliverance ministry really frequently. Um, every Saturday at one point, especially during COVID, we would have up to two sessions every Saturday. And um, before then, the Lord said, uh, deliverance, counseling and deliverance. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what that meant. Um, I didn't know if that meant I need to go back to school. That was just a lot. Because at the time I was, I was also, <laughs> I was like, you know, that sounds nice, but um, <laughs> I need some more instructions, Lord. <laughs> I, looked at the, I looked at the qualifications to be a therapist. I have so much respect for therapists yes. because you don't go get a degree and get an online certificate. You get okay. that degree, you have hours um, of, uh, I guess residence, right? Residency you have to do. The provision that we have to, yes. And it's ours. 
on top hours, 3,000, it's, it's actually increased on top of licensure. And the licensure piece has caused, has really thrusted people into some depression. It has been yeah. traumatic for a lot of people because just imagine four hours in an exam room. And mm -hmm. let, let's not even think, let's not even forget last year, people taking an exam in an exam room, four hours with a mask, with yeah. a mask. Mm -hmm. So not only is the test anxiety provoking, but now your breathing is restricted and you're mm -hmm. supposed to do a test. So there are people I know that have tried this exam six times, seven times, and it's just so, so discouraging. Mm -hmm. It's so discouraging. Yeah. Yeah. It is not a light thing to be a therapist. You don't just say I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a therapist, you know, and, um, I, there's the way that we do deliverance. There is some degree of counseling. But there is no way that I could say that I am anything like a therapist. I wouldn't even really say I'm a counselor. You know, there's biblical counseling. There's, you know, the, the, you can work around with that word counseling is so generic, but could never dishonor the work and the effort that that therapists and, so, and social workers, clinical social workers do to be prepared to service people the way that you guys have to do it and and with that amount of time so um when i saw that i was like i i just can't imagine yeah uh taking on this this journey sure i have a bachelor uh bachelor of arts in psychology and i don't dishonor that but i was a full-time fifth grade teacher in east harlem i was uh a new mom. I was working on so many other things, leading a women in deliverance training or, or attempting to writing a book at the time. And I just, uh, you know, so <laughs> after time, I realized that, you know, actually this is not supposed to be a one man operation. Mm. And I think I, I was thinking, I guess I have to get all of these degrees so that I can do the whole thing, but I don't have to do the whole thing. And so the Lord started to show me um, that the power in this is to partner with people who are already prepared, equipped, certified to do that work. And then also for me to bring to the table the work that I've done and the people who I've been able to pour into uh, with that work. I love how God is so strategic. I just mm -hmm. love let me go back to something you said, just just in case, because I have many people who are listening to uh, this podcast, and some some may be believers, some may not. Even if the podcast is about, I, I want everybody to listen. The non-believers, because I, hopefully they are going to be believers and accept Christ as Lord and personal Savior. And then I have people that struggle in their faith, just different different walks of life. So for somebody who hears you say deliverance, um, we know I know what you mean, but break that down to somebody that. In layman's terms, what does that mean when somebody when you say the word deliverance? Yeah, so when we think about recovery and healing, um, it's important to uh, imagine us being at whole being. Uh, we have a, a mental realm, a emotional realm, mental and psychological. There's the spiritual realm, regardless of what you believe in, you can engage your spirituality um, or that spiritual being that you are. So um, when we think about therapists and counselors, they deal with the psychological, emotional, socio-emotional realm. And when we think about most of the time, when we think about the church, although it should be all parts, it is the spiritual realm. Mm -hmm. So deliverance deals with uh, relieving a person of spiritual hardship yes. or spiritual bondage, the inability to move forward and grow and evolve spiritually to, to pursue the path that you are destined to pursue. So when I talk about deliverance, I'm talking about that path of abundant life that the Lord has created for everyone, right? But um, when we think about what it means to live in this world that is fallen with so much wickedness and so much hardship financially, um, racially, all of these things it's really hard to imagine what is this abundant life is it just about money or is it about uh so many other intangible things so 
deliverance ministry, especially the way that it, we do it, the way that it's typically done is informing a person of this is what spiritual freedom looks like through the power of Christ and then leading them through how do I agree with God when it comes to my spiritual freedom. Um, and then it is a highly spiritual prayer, you know, that you pray. Um, and as you're in agreement with the person who is praying with you, you get to really see God encounter your enemies. A lot, I hear a lot of people say, you know, I'm fighting these demons. No matter what you believe, whether you've been in church ever or you're there every Sunday, people tend to say, I'm fighting these demons. Deliverance is acknowledging that the Lord will fight for you. You don't have to fight your demons in that way that um, we tend to. So that's what deliverance ministry is for anybody who's listening. That is so powerful that 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 is a, a combination of this married with the counseling, the spiritual counseling that's happening. And you said something earlier, because um, we are talking about the church and trauma, so we'll get into that. But uh, you said something earlier that I loved, the difference between free in theory and free indeed. Mm-hmm. Talk about that for a second. Sure. So um, it's interesting. I actually was in, at a church in Harlem. And the pastor would say that phrase very frequently. He would he would say it uh, contemplatively, you know, almost like he also had the same question mm-hmm. that God wants us to be free indeed. And he would say, but what happens if you're only free in theory? Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I found in this area of New York City is that a lot of people had that question. He was a very relevant pastor. Um, but a lot of people were just kind of left hanging. What does it mean for me to love Jesus? I mean, I think that's what a lot of our churches can uh, inundate the congregation with this love for Jesus without going into detail about what does that love for Jesus look like really? What does it mean to live for God? Does it mean that I do it in my own strength? Does, do I do it the way I think it's supposed to be done? And so when we think about free indeed, um, that is the promise that God has given us through Christ. But free in theory is all based on the mind, what I think freedom is supposed to look like and, and how I can imagine it to look like without knowing exactly what actionable steps or how to implement that or cause it to manifest in my life. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I just, I keep thinking of this um, there's a difference between this uh, carnal Christian and spiritually minded, renewed mind Christian. The carnal Christian only, they do have faith, but the carnal Christian is only viewing faith through their senses. So I've heard people say, well, if you sit on this chair, that's faith. (laughs) No, I saw the chair, right? But the spiritually minded Christian doesn't view things from their senses. It views things from just believing God's word to be true it's, it's a renewed mind that I believe that all things are possible. Um, so it's just it's just interesting that that and we can go in deeper into that, but that's very interesting. I really love that that because there are a lot of people that are that are, are saying I love Jesus, that are saying you know I believe in God. I've also heard Christians say I don't believe. There's a difference with I, I saying I believe that God can versus I believe that God will do it for me, right? And many Christians are struggling with. I know he can. There's even songs. He can do it. Yeah. But do you believe that he will do it? Or do you, let me take, let's take it a little step further. Do you believe that he's already done it? Absolutely. Right. So that's really, really important. Go ahead. And, and I, and I talk about that in heart sick because what happens is after a while of believing in about this, this theoretical God, you have to question, do I really believe? And is God real? Because if your, th- your thinking about who God is doesn't align to your reality, yes. red flags are going to start going off. I, n- I never blame a Christian who is going through a season of doubt or crisis in their faith because very often there's a flaw in what we believe being a child of God or um, having a relationship with God is supposed to look like. So yes. if that's not um based on the right things and what the right things i'm not the i'm not the um authority on what the right things are 
but if it's not based on the right things, then you're going to come to a point where you have to question if what I'm believing is not true, if what I'm believing has still not come to be, then am I even believing in a real God? So, and, and that can destroy so many levels of how you think and feel and how you feel you show up in the world and what you can expect from a fallen world. And it creates disappointment on so many levels. Yeah. And, and without hope, right? We talk about hope a lot. Hope is not just a Christian idea. Without hope, that can be a domino effect on, yeah. on, on everything, impacting you not just spiritually, but emotionally, and psychologically, relationally. Yeah. Well, since we're talking about hope, thank you so much, um, Conscious. Just love your name, by the way. I think I told you this already. Thank so you. Let's talk about that. Let's talk. Tell me about. Tell us about your book, Heartsick: Connecting the Dots Between Hope, Disappointment, and Healing. Yeah. So um, the book goes from the beginning of where a lot of us are when we're at the place where we have lost hope. Mm-hmm. No, it kind of starts at that question of, um, is it even worth it to hope? Because mm-hmm. if I set myself or I put myself out there to hope for anything, I'm also putting myself out there to be disappointed. Yes. And yes. after that happens so many times, we begin to question, well, what is the purpose of hope? So it's based on the scripture in Proverbs um, I don't remember exactly what scripture it is, but it's based on the scripture, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Yes. But when it is, um, when it, when it's been fulfilled, it's a tree of life. Yeah. Um, so that's why, and that's why it's called heart sick. Right. So, um, it, it got me thinking. Proverbs 13, 12, just in case somebody wants to know. Proverbs 13, 12. Thank you. So, so it got me thinking, okay, um, disappointment seems to be a part of this life. So how do we reconcile our faith in God? How, what, where, uh, how do we position ourselves in hope and faith um, while dealing with disappointment and dealing with anger toward God and dealing with these things that should have never happened to us as children so it it starts there those hard realities that we don't want to say especially not in church uh, especially not in front of people who maybe are not believers and we don't want to discourage them from you know there's no place to take this I can't take it to the small group because then everybody's just going to tell me what I'm supposed to think and feel I can't take it to my unbelieving friend because when I want to invite them to church they're going to be even more questioning so now I have to keep this to myself and I have to work this out myself but what I'm doing is I'm really still experiencing a level of grief without identifying it as grief absolutely from those realities to uh that some of us are have been grieving yeah for a long time from the point of childhood when we didn't know that it was grief we were feeling and as a result I mean I go through the seven stages of grief not that anybody should like diagnose themselves or you know try to give themselves any sort of clinical diagnosis but to break down some of the uh emotions and the stages of grief which you know aren't linear so you can be in any stage of grief first identifying i am grieving i'm grieving the fact that my mother didn't do what a mother was supposed to do before i knew what a mother was supposed to do absolutely Right. And then the same for a father and then the same for uh, um, some of us who have been abused by uh, close relatives. And then what we expected from teachers and what we expected from our community, you know, and it's like, where is God in all of this? So the book talks about how a lot of us are walking in grief mm. and it might even be grieving the loss of a person. It could be grieving the loss of hope. Every child has hopes, right? They have the boldness to ask for certain things because they have hope. But when we kind of lose that hope and we're kind of like, you know what? Everything that I'm looking forward to just seems to not be happening. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm doing all the right things and I mess up. And I guess my, you know, then we have to 
struggle with what we think about sin and, and that thing of condemnation and, and do I deserve this? And no, I don't deserve this. And, well, well, where do I go from here? So we go through grief and uh, talking about anger and breaking down depression and um, all of those other stages, including, so there's like a, a five model uh, five stage model and then a seven stage model so we kind of look at all of the possible stages and say like where are, where do you think you might fall in that in this um uh paradigm so to speak so toward the end it talks about you know where is god who is god and where is god mm -hmm. and and the fact that and i want to tell it all <laughs> but sure, sure. people have to yeah people have to be sure yeah, but I mean, it just kind of connects the dots, just like the title says, there are journal prompts in it to help people speak on and talk about and process the aspects of this faith that are just, it's really hard to find a space to do that because it sounds too much like unbelief. Yes. Oh, that's so good. That's so, I, 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 I cannot wait to put my hands on this book. It sounds like a really good great safe place to be able for people to process and just say what they need to say because mm -hmm. you can be a strong christian you know who believes the word of god and have moments where you have doubt have moments that you are struggling with some belief and it doesn't make you um an unbeliever <laughs> right it doesn't make you um out, out of it doesn't put you in the doghouse outside of god's will for your life or whatever the case may be and there's so many i remember somebody who um i'm just no i remember not somebody it was me i remember i i was talking to a friend and i just kind of shared some struggles and um basically i was told oh i thought you were a better christian i thought you were you know and and that person stopped talking to me because i was just simply sharing some struggles that the lord had delivered me from right and so so I love the fact that you were able to, to put this book and I can't wait to share how people can get the book. Where, where can people get the book? Let me just go ahead and ask you now. Yeah, so the book is, right now it's only available on Amazon. Um, and a part of what we do with Flamingo is we build communities around the book. Yeah. So yeah. you know, it's not a book club where you have to be prepared to read another book afterward. It's just one where you can read this book and come together with people who have a common experience and talk about it. So that's where those safe and small communities come into play. It's not the full program, um, but it is a space where you can you can think about these things with somebody who says, you know what, I've experienced the same thing. That's so good. So it's available on Amazon, it's $10. Mm -hmm. And um, if you are interested in like having a community, somebody else who you can talk to and bounce ideas off of, then we can help establish that community in the city near you. Good, good. Talk, let's talk about, let's dive into church and traumas and your observations and things that you've noticed. Um, church, I want, it's almost like church and trauma and church on trauma, right? <laughs> let's talk about that. What, what have been some of your observations? Yeah, I think um, with the desire for people to have faith, um, there's very little space for people to be human. And so, and, and unfortunately, we live in a fallen world. So trauma is everywhere. Everybody has it. But the church doesn't know how to talk about trauma um, without it somehow being uh, overshadowing our faith and what we believe Jesus to be able to do. There's something that I hear oftentimes, and it's not... I wouldn't say that um, it's a bad thing, but a very common phrase in church is, I don't care what you've been through. The way that it's, it's usually is packaged in a very powerful sermon. And the point is to say, I don't care what you've been through, God can, right? And depending on where you are in your faith, that can be very encouraging but yeah. I think it's of a sentiment that the church has yeah. I don't care what you've been through God can and people need to have a space 
where I do care what you think. Absolutely. And God can. And God can. I love that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so when I think about the church and trauma, I think that people are often torn with proving that they have faith, but also tending to wounds that need to be tended to. Yeah. Um, and so what this means is we, we often gloss over things that need to be talked about, things that might be discussed in therapy, right? Things that might be discussed with a close friend. It needs to be talked about in the context of like, there's a, a, we talk about this in the, in the program, but I think about the, the story of Job and the, the Job's friends sound just like the church very often because the idea is the righteous don't suffer. Mm-hmm. And some people read Job and think that, that the friends were right mm-hmm. in all of the ways that they questioned Job. And some people read Job and think Job is right, but Job repents at the end. So Job was not entirely right. Job is going to be a podcast. But it all sh- <laughs> Yeah. I said Job is going to be. <laughs> huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a powerful story. Yes, it is. Because we can see ourselves in it. Yeah. But but we often don't see the errors because yeah. they are, it is such a reflection. Yes. So we think you're suffering because you did something. You're suffering because... um. God is trying to teach you, you know, something. God is mad. God is trying to teach you something. And, and naturally, when we go through seasons of suffering and things like that, we do learn things. We do change. We do evolve. We do become purged. But suffering was in the earth before I was here. I didn't bring this suffering upon myself. Nope. Right? So, right. but the, that's what the church, that's the narrative that the church, you know, they're like, is, that, is there some sort of sin in your life? And I'm not saying that God is not one to hold us accountable to our sin, um, but there was a very clear point in time where we are judged for our sin. Yeah, of course. And that is in the end. So who are we to determine when God is now judging you? Absolutely. Right? It's based on our perception. So when I think about church and the church and trauma, because we are not well-versed in deliverance, right? because we are afraid of the ministry, we don't want to scare people off, mm-hmm. we ignore mm-hmm. hardship mm-hmm. and the impact that it has and try to teach people into healing. And you cannot always do that. Teach Sometimes people. you have to minister people into healing. And Save. I mean, that's what Jesus did, right? He ministered to people to that point of healing. Yes. Say that again, instead of trying to teach people into healing, we need to minister to people into their healing. Mm-hmm. That is such a great, powerful point because you are exactly, you are so right. I mean, of course, and I, I want to make sure I give a disclaimer. When we talk about the church for people who are listening, we're not, we're not singling out specific churches. We're not saying, neither are we saying, because I want to make sure we can't control people's narratives, Right. But I want to make sure people hear us with their hearts and with their hearts, with their minds and their and their, and their spirits. We're not talking about every church. Right. We're talking about the church in general. Of course, there are specific churches that are acknowledging mental health is real, that are acknowledging a safe space, that are recognizing that, look, we are not competent in these issues. Mm-hmm. And we need to have a set of counselors to refer people to because we're not competent in those areas, right? So I want to make sure that, that people hear that. When we say the church, we're just saying the church as a whole. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you agree with that? Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Yeah. And I think that um, Flamingo is one of those, one of the, I'm sure there are many organizations yeah. that um, it's designed to merge the two and yeah. to show from the deliverance minister to the therapist, to mm-hmm. the counselor, to the doctor. Yeah. We're all on the same team. Yes. It's all a ministry of healing. It's yeah. just that it takes a little bit more time than your one hour Sunday service. Absolutely. Can, can provide or you know some teams are um it's especially in churches with the culture that we have you're encouraged to serve before you're ready to serve you're encouraged to do tasks before you're ready to invest time in people 
Yeah. And so that's just where we are right now, mm-hmm. trying to get as many people in the door as we can because we are in a fallen world and I understand the urgency. But once people get in the door, they have to be tended to. Yes. Um, in big churches, it's very hard, I'm sure. It's like we think about COVID right now and how in in a lot of places, even still, there are, are hospitals without beds. And I think the same thing exists in churches. Mm-hmm. It is a hospital that's run out of beds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what, what do you, because another caveat to that is that there are many church members who, there are many members who attend church, people who attend church that also experience, and I know that we don't have the time to go into all of the things that happen, but that also have experienced trauma among the church, in the church. So we're not even talking, we're not just talking about people who experience trauma going to church mm-hmm. and don't feel safe, don't feel acknowledged, don't feel, don't feel heard or seen, mm-hmm. but there are people who have experienced trauma within um the church so now they don't want anything to do with church or church people right what do you say to somebody who's or what have you said or what are the things that you you and your team um say you don't have to tell me everything but what are some things that are said to comfort um those people of course there's a process with that of course but just curious about that for people who are wondering yeah um i think that the more we get to see who God is, the more we can understand uh, the failures of man. And church spends a lot of time informing you. Some churches spend a lot of time informing you of the church, mm-hmm. the culture of the church, the way of the church. This is how we do things here. And they mm-hmm. say, this is how we glorify God. This is how we serve God. Mm-hmm. But it's really important to remember that God is God. Yeah who God is, God is who he says he is. Mm -hmm. So to be able to um, get to know who God is Mm -hmm. and then separate who God is from who, from who his representatives are or who um, people who say claim to represent him, right? Um, Once you do that, now you can continue to progress in your relationship with God. And you can also take that, that trauma and that pain from that experience and present it before the Lord also. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I love that because I hear, you know, Jesus said, come on to me, all who that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest, right? And I hear, sometimes I hear people, clinicians or counselors, call themselves healers and I'll tell my clients in a heartbeat I am not the healer okay (laughs) Jesus is the healer because we we have to be very careful what roles or what power what roles we ascribe onto ourselves um, especially for people who recognize God's you know God's sovereignty that he is he is the healer like we have to have that that solid relationship with God and not not expect a man or a woman or, or, or the pastor or the bishop to be responsible. Yes, they are responsible for our souls, right? They're responsible for the flock. They are responsible, but they're not responsible for our mental health. They're not responsible for our, for our, for our healing, for our own um, um, wholeness, right? Does that make sense? I, I mean, I hope that makes sense, but. Yeah, yeah it does. But, you know, you, the reason why that, that, is there, I think, is because when we, when we think about what sermons are like, it's often telling you, if you go to God, this is what you'll find, but it doesn't teach us how to go to God. So then the next best thing is maybe I need to, and of course, community, community is also highly emphasized in churches these days, and it, and it is important, but there is a step that is missing that involves equipping and training and teaching people to be independent and not independent of God or not even independent of other people, but just maturing in their, in their faith. And, um, it's hard. It takes time. I don't want to say it's hard, but it takes time to teach people the mature things, you know? So 
we we say I think the most important part so that people know if you go to God this is what you'll find but without that equipping and empowerment then people are, are they have to defer to someone else um, and in some churches if you have a pastor who is let's say a narcissist or leaders who are narcissistic they don't want you to be independent they want you to depend on them rely on them and and right and uh defer to them whenever you have an issue even though they can't handle that yeah yeah that is so good that's so good i want to honor your time conscious this is so good such a great conversation so in terms of a call to action um who are the people t tell us about the the people that you have working in flamingo recovery uh who the educators the just who just spend a few minutes to talk about who are you wanting to kind of listen to the call to action in serving in serving um serving people yeah so um the call to action is to two to two audiences first it's to the mental health care professional mm -hmm. um the person who has done the time who understands the crossover in the mental health emotional psychological and spiritual health specifically mm -hmm. those who understand the true power um that is in the name of jesus right and it's to donate an out i'm not gonna say an hour um but about three to four hours of your time um one of them being maybe lead a, a session where you're educating uh, people on on a certain topic and help giving them a space to talk about what they are experiencing and giving you know just a little bit of your expertise nothing clinical there are no educate there are no um treatment plans or anything like that but just uh coming to the table and saying i yeah i can talk about narcissism yeah i can talk about relationships yeah i can talk about communication you know and um also making possibly making yourself available to service the client if you are still accepting clients by the time by the end of the program so that's that's really the role of an educator they come in they um we have like maybe one meeting or two to make sure we're all on the same page about who we are servicing who we're serving and then um whatever day that our counseling sessions are held if you are available is usually on sundays um you can pop in and and just take an hour and a half to do what you guys have been trained to do so well and then um that is pretty much you've you've made a tremendous impact in the matter of three hours um and then toward the end we work to uh to pair our participants with a, a therapist or a counselor usually if they meet an, an educator that they liked because that's another thing finding an educator or finding a therapist that you like someone who you know you can vibe with yeah. the um role of an educator is it's it's involved enough for people to know i think i like the way she speaks i think i like the way she thinks you know and they can kind of know if they want to work with you sure. so that is one call call to action but then the other call to action is for anybody who feels stuck and realizes i have to do something different mm -hmm. but that second call to action is to do something different mm -hmm. um and you may not be ready to get into therapy you may have issues with insurance you may have issues with um how how people talk about therapy around you or you may have your own ideas about therapy i would encourage you to to try something different it may not even be flamingo the book club um uh, flamingo the program it may be a book club it may be finding a podcast you know that is run by therapists it may be keeping up with this podcast right, right. to make whatever changes need that need to be made so that you can build yourself to a deeper wellness yes yes the services for the thank you for answering that question the services for the people who are stuck the second call to action you mm -hmm. know you mentioned because i want people to hear this a lot so for you mentioned the therapist the first call to action any person who has a, who is licensed mental health practitioner 
uh, whether it's a LPC or um, a L L LCSW, and somebody who definitely is um, providing Christ-centered counseling or understands the power of Christ in addition to mental health, right? And then the second call to action, the second call to action is also for the person who's stuck. So the, this person may not be ready to start counseling yet. Maybe yeah. they don't have the finances to do that, or they're just confused about the insurance thing, or they're just like, maybe they've heard so many bad things, or they've had so many bad experiences with therapy, or they've tried therapy and they just need something else. This will be the person, right? Yes. Are they paying, is this a paid service for them? Very good question. So in terms of pay, there is one a one-time application fee. Okay. Um, and that application fee is about $89. But if you use the code FTR for Flamingo Trauma Recovery, FTR25, you get a 25% discount. That's an early bird registration rate. So it should bring it down to about 60, um, 60 something. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. It's great. Yeah. That's a one-time application fee. And in, in terms of, let's say after you finish the program, you, you do want to pursue therapy or get back into therapy. Um, the effort of our program is also to create therapy access. So not just to uh, introduce you to a therapist that you might want to work with, but hopefully also introduce you to therapists who may bring you on as a client at no rate or uh, Flamingo would cover up to six sessions. Um, and depending on the amount of the sessions and things like that, that's something that we discuss at the end. Mm -hmm. But um, the effort is to bring you into a deeper wellness and then give you resources that you need to continue your journey after um, the program is over. So eligibility is based on your commitment to your own process, really. It's based on how you are showing up in the in the program. Mm -hmm. And then we can speak about how to, to make sure that you continue your journey when you leave the program. I love that you are serving in this way. This is such, this is such a rewarding, impactful program. I want to rem remember, remind, uh, or kind of just kind of put a a little plug in there. I will be attending your first meeting on Sunday. So you have a meeting, faith-infused mental health education, quality access for women of color. Um, there's an educate, talk about the education meeting if you're interested in being an educator um, Sunday. So talk about yes. that. Yes, this Sunday, August 8th, um, it is at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if you are the least bit interested in the program or becoming an educator, we'll go. I'll go through what the program is um, a little bit, a little bit of <laughs> my son. So it's just okay. It's okay. <laughs> He's welcome. <laughs> um, we go over what the program is, a little bit of you know who the program is designed to serve and how you can be a part of it. If it's something that you wanna do, there'll be a form where you can basically make that first step and, and kind of know what you're getting yourself into. And if it's something that you, you're not ready to do, that's fine. Um, you can also leave your contact information with me so that you might be able to potentially service a client at the end of the program. It's just a place to come and learn about what we do with the opportunity to join as an educator. Well, I love that. I will definitely be there. Well, Conscious, is there anything else, you know, for people who are listening, um, is there anything else that you feel led to share? You know, any other gems that you, last, you know, just kind of some final gems that you would feel led to share to, to our audience today? Well, um, I, said, I said so much during the, <laughs> the podcast. Yeah. I, I don't necessarily, there isn't anything that's like, burning in my heart to say but i am honored and glad to be able to have this conversation because yeah. it's 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 one that needs to be had but also one that people don't know it's it's, it's being had you know Absolutely. and i think if people knew the conversation was being had then a lot more people would join it yeah um, yes so um yeah. 
I'm hoping that everybody, I'm going to put your information for people, to, for people to get in touch with you. They can follow you on Instagram at Flamingo Tra Trauma Recovery. Uh, Flamingo, I just love that name. Flamingo Trauma Recovery. Uh, Twitter, you can go to at, at Flaming Recover. Flamingo Recover. Flamingo Recover. Okay, forgive me. I forgot the O. Flamingo Recover. And um, on, you could email Conscious at care at flamingorecovery.org. Care at flamingorecovery.org. And I put this all in the show notes. So if you, you heard her, if you are a mental health professional and you also understand and believe in the power of Christ um, in, in, in helping people to become whole and helping people to become delivered and walk in total freedom, Yes. Um, this would be a great opportunity for you to be a part of and connect with conscious. If you are somebody who just looking for something else, you are stuck. Maybe you've tried therapy. Maybe you haven't tried therapy. Maybe you don't have the finances to do therapy right now, but you know, you need something. Uh, you need to be free. You need to truly not just be free in theory, but be free indeed the way that Jesus wants us to be free, right? You can connect and the good thing is with y'all, it doesn't matter where they're calling, calling from. You can work with people everywhere. Absolutely, yep. And it, it becomes relevant when it's time to, uh, you know. Counseling. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. So, so initially you can serve people. You're not bound by any, by any state line. But of right. course, once they get connected to a therapist, that's when you kind of have to pair them with a therapist that's licensed based on the state that they're licensed in. You got it, yep. Awesome. Well, Conscious, I am so thankful that we got to do this today and we'll be in touch. And y'all, I hope that you took some notes. I hope that you connect with Conscious. I also hope that you get her book, Blow Her Up. Get her book, Heart Sick, Connecting the Dots Between Hope, Disappointment and Healing on Amazon. It's only $10. You spend more than that at Starbucks. So get this book, okay? So look, <laughs> this is the Wendy Bob coming to you with another dynamic episode. I'll be back next week with another wonderful episode. Talk to you soon.